Today I'd like to speak about come to the living water. And if you'd like a subheading to that, it's something always happens when we pray. I'll get back to that in a minute. Firstly, I'd like to say there are no accidents with God. Even detours and things the devil does to try to trap or trip us up, God will use it for his glory. Like the song said, what the enemy meant for evil, God turns it for good. In Luke chapter 2, we read that Jesus was born and they wrapped him up and laid him in a manger. And so we've all heard that story, right? That's the Christmas story we went through. And, but Jesus wasn't actually born in a manger. They laid him in a manger. That's the difference. And so I'd just like to explain what a manger is. I know I'm saying manger a lot, just so you remember. A manger is a, a water drinking trough or a food trough for, for where the animals used to come to drink. And it was also, in the Old Testament, used for sacrificial lambs as well. So later, Jesus later in his ministry referred to himself as the living water. So see the correlation there, the, the, the drinking trough. Jesus is the living water. Um, so he is a, so all who thirsted and drank of him would not thirst again. And he is a continual wellspring of living water for your soul and for whatever you may need. So my message today is let the living water flow into whatever you need today. So do you need a miracle or healing, salvation, deliverance, a breakthrough, some relational thing, whatever it is today, come to the living water for whatever it is you need, okay? And if I didn't put it up there, but the living water is Jesus. So let's speak for today's purposes about healing. And my question is, and it's rhetorical, you don't have to answer, does Jesus still heal today? Yes, good class. Yes, Jesus does still heal today, and I'll prove that with scripture, and then I just would like to share a few things, and then I'm going to pray for everyone. God is good. Amen. I feel like God wants to do something today. Matthew 9.35 says, And Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing, what? Every kind of disease and every sickness among the people. Hebrews 13.8 Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if Jesus healed people 2,000 years ago when he walked the earth, every kind of disease, every kind of sickness, and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means Jesus is still healing people on earth today. Amen? So I'd just like to say something, and I would, would just like everyone to repeat after me if that's okay. Apparently, if you repeat it after me, you have a better chance of remembering it. Okay, so me first, then class. Okay, sorry. Okay. So something always happens when we pray. Something always happens when we pray. Can we say it one more time? Something always happens when we pray. Amen. Something always happens when we pray. And you may not see the results immediately, but one day you will. And my message today is keep believing and keep seeking after your healing. So it, you may have been prayed for one time or more times, but my message today is keep seeking and believing after your healing. 
uh, like the man at the pool of Bethesda. Now, I, have, I don't have the scripture up this morning, but this is one story in the Bible that kind of makes God seem to be like a respecter of persons. And that's the picture. So because I'm not reading the scripture, you get to look at that picture. I'll explain it shortly. And we, we know the Bible says God's no respecter of people, right? Okay, that means God has no favorites. But for some reason, we'll read this and we'll just see, we'll see if I can unpack it. John 5, verse 1. After there was a feast of the, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool which is called in the Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Just remember that part. For the angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. For whoever stepped in first, notice that, first, after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was living there, sorry, he wasn't living there, a a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. So can you imagine that? I know sometimes we read the Bible unemotionally. Well, I tend to sometimes. But you can read over that quickly, 38 years. But can you imagine being crook, as we say in Australia, 38 years. Like some people here haven't even been here that, on earth that long. That's a long time to be crook. And Jesus saw him lying there, knew that he had already been in that condition a long time. Jesus said to him, do you want to be made well? So in, it's, I don't know if anyone's noticed that if in, you read the Bible. is a lot of times Jesus will ask a question. What do you want? What do you want me to do for you? Like, the, for instance, the blind man. A man was blind and he came up to Jesus with bandages over his head. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you, bro? Well, he said, I want to see. Because, and I think there's, there's always more to what we read in the Bible. There could be, uh, because in those days, the blind man would have had some sort of shawl that, or, or, or what do you call it, a robe that showed he was, a cloak that showed that he was blind and he was able, disabled and he was able to actually get and beg on the streets. So sometimes, who knows, maybe he might have been asking for a new fancy cloak so he gets a higher level of, um, not offerings, what are they called? Um, yeah, whatever it is, uh, uh, beggings. And so Jesus always asked, what did he want? And the sick man answered, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps in before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately, I love that word, immediately. It's cool, so cool when uh, miracles happen suddenly. Immediately, the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. So Jesus asked the man, why hadn't he been healed? And he said, well, only the first one who hops in the water gets healed. And that guy with the sore throat or whatever it is always beats me in. You know? So Jesus was basically asking, what did you need? But this guy was just making, saying, Why can't, you know, I couldn't get to the water. He, he wasn't answering Jesus' question. Then Jesus heals him. And it just doesn't seem to make sense to me anyway why only the first person was healed. I'm not sure if anyone else ever thought that. Like, Jesus heals everyone. Why did that one person get healed? Okay. Some historians believe that Bethesda was a temple to the goddess Serapis, 
the God of healing. Now, we can take a look at that picture. If you didn't already see it, that's the Pool of Bethesda. It's kind of deeper than I thought it would be. It looks about, or how many, if you see up the top right, there's a man. So that just shows you how deep the Pool of Bethesda was. That's actually an actual picture in Israel that a minister friend sent me. And so imagine if people are lying on the side there and the first person jumps in and then someone who's paralyzed is second in. What happens to the second person? He's going to go to the bottom or something. I know it sounds bad, but it's, <laughs> I, it's, isn't it a mystery? It just doesn't make sense, does it? And so some su- historians suggest that the stirring of the water wasn't our God. Okay, no, Bethesda, that word, Bethesda was pagan. I know he said Bethesda was pagan. Anyway, so the problem was that the pool would overflow when it rained. Believe it or not, it did rain in Jerusalem. Hard to believe from that picture that it would rain. Anyway, the pool would overflow and it would flood the city. So they built a catchment, a system of water that would flow from the big pool to the small pool. And see the aqueduct holes? They're like rect- black rectangles up the back. That's more like the pool, by the way, that I imagine it would be where people were laying around waiting for the stirring of the water. That's more the depth probably of the pool, that I, how I imagine. And that's actually the small pool where the people were laying around. And they, those rectangular aqueduct holes, that's how they filtered the water from the big pool, the big one we saw, to the other pool. Now, when you see, when you move water from the big pool to the little pool, what does it look like? Yes, it's stirring or bubbling of the water. So this possibly helped to just exacerbate the myth. I'm just putting it out there today. Historians believe that this, it wasn't our God doing or not doing anything to, this, to the second person. It was the Romans telling people it was the angel of Serapis doing it. That kind of gave me goosebumps when I first heard that. So if you look in the middle of the pool, you'll see a plaque there. And it says, the temple of Serapis. That's the pagan god of healing. And finally, if you take a look at the giant billboard that's right next to the pool, and see what it says. Hopefully we can read it. Oh, okay. It's in the middle right. And it says, trust me, you have to trust me. Let's see how big it is. On the bottom, at the middle right there, it says, pagan medicinal baths. So that's actually where the people were going, was to the pagan medicinal baths. So Jesus shows up at the pagan medicinal baths, or if you're in America, baths. It sounds better, doesn't it? Pagan medicinal baths. Just, you know where people had been sitting 38 years. Remember, that's a long time for people to, people to put their faith in something that isn't legit. And putting their faith in the angel of Serapis to heal them. And Jesus asked the man, so this isn't working? Really? 38 years? Are you ready to put your faith in something else? And in front of everyone, well, I'm getting goosebumps. I'm not sure if it's the fan or the Holy Spirit, but... Ooh, And in front of everyone, he healed the man without the water. Jesus doesn't need that water. 
Jesus was showing that he is the true source of healing. He is the true living water. Amen? Cool story. Anyway, I just have a couple of testimonies, and then I'd like to pray for people. Um, and the first one is, back in my Bible college days, we used to have to train to... You know how a pilot has to do a certain amount of flight hours to get their pilot's license or whatever it's called. And you have to do the same thing when you're doing Bible college for ministry. Is we had in our my fourth year we had to do a certain amount of prac hours to get our ministry qualification. And in the first six months of my last year, my mate uh, Rog, Andy Rogers, hi Rog, he was my mentor. And Rog was pretty good. I'd do a message and he'd I'd say how do I go and he'd say oh pretty good, Paulie, not too many jokes you know it's um yeah i like that message so and so roger was a good mentor and then halfway through the year my last year nick watson he'll be coming next week came, took over as my mentor and i said oh pastor nick are you going to be easier on me or or harder than rog and he said i'm going to be much much tougher on you than andrew and i thought he was joking but actually he wasn't and and I, one time I said to Pastor Nick, my hours are coming up for this week to do ministry training. Can I just lead home group and, say, and call that my ministry hours and you can tick it off? And he said, oh, no, you've already done that before. He said, listen, there's a pastor who, in hospital in Brisbane who has cancer and it's not looking good. Why don't you go up and pray for them? I went, oh, okay. And so I just filled with my Bible college training faith, and so to speak, and I drove up and I'm just thinking, oh God, help me here. I didn't know what was going to happen. Never done this before. Uh, and I went and went into the room and there was the pastor lying in bed. Did not look good. And the, had, they had a couple of relatives there. And I basically just said, hi, Nick Watson sent me. And I'm here to just pray for you and you're going to get healed. And he said, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> and so I prayed uh, kind of a general prayer because I wasn't sure, you know, when there's relatives there, you need to be a little bit respectful and mindful of those things and I, I just prayed the best prayer I could at the time and, and just said you know bless you and I'll keep praying for you and remember sometimes you don't always hear what happens remember something always happens when we pray and you don't always hear the results there's people I've prayed for over the years I still haven't heard the results and you just have to sometimes leave people in God's hands and then that was in 2011 my last year of Bible college and I think it was the next year at the regional meeting when we have a regional meeting here in Toowoomba, they're Southwest Regional, but in Brisbane, they're South East Regional. And I was there at the meeting, sitting down, and there was a pastor up there giving his testimony how he was healed of cancer, and God stepped in and healed him. And that, guess who it was? That was the same person. So, yeah, God is good. I'm just keeping the name private. But, um, yeah, God is good. Give Jesus a hand clap. God is good. God is good. And so Pastor Nick knew I could do it, or knew Jesus could do it, but somehow... What you notice is, let me get into this uh, next story. I just have one more story. And then after my Bible college, I felt like God wanted me to move up here to Toowoomba. And someone called me up and they said, listen, I have a relative who's really, really sick in hospital. It's not looking good. Can you, would you mind just, sorry to bother you, but would you mind going up to the big hospital, the base, and pray for them? And I said, sure, yeah, there's no problem. I'll go up. And I called them and said, listen, I'm, I'm coming up. And they gave me directions to the room. And see, when you step out, and do things for God, you come up into your anointing. It's like you walk out into the deeper water, but as you walk out into that deeper water, you're walking into a deeper anointing. And when, when I walked, when I went in that day, I went from my Bible college 
training to now I'm actually having my own ministry. And then after six months, God said, move to Toowoomba. And now I'm stepping out in faith. I'm going up into the hospital. And this was one of those bad ones where you have to wear a mask. It doesn't seem that bad after 2020, wearing a mask. But this was eight years ago, maybe. We're wearing a mask in those days was a big thing. And we had to wear a mask, hat, the gown, gloves. And then I walked in. And then it's just that, I'm not sure if anyone's ever had that smell of death is in the room. And you just walk in, you think, oh, Jesus. And you, I'm thinking, I'm glad I got that mask on to try and cover up. You know, it's just, you know, this, is, this person is, you know, on their way to heaven, you know, on their way home. And I just said, hi, so-and-so asked me to come and pray with you and you're going to get healed today. And they go, yes, I believe it. I said, well, I'm not just going to pray. You're going to get healed. And they go, yes, I believe it. And I'm not sure if I said that things weren't looking good. Like people don't ring up and ask you to go to hospital just, just to visit them and say hello. It's usually in, when someone's in, in dire need. And I prayed the best prayer I could at the time. And I just left them with some encouraging words and went out. And then that was on the Friday. And then on the, I think it was by the Sunday, the person sent a group text message saying, I've had a miraculous turnaround. The nurses and doctors are amazed. I'm leaving, going home this Sunday. And I'm like, wow, how good is God? So, yeah, Jesus healed him. It was awesome. Amen. Something always happens when we pray. Remember that? Something always happens when we pray. And that wasn't the end of the story. The last part of the story was maybe a year or two later, I was doing a, a fundraiser. Does everyone know the Bunning Sausages, all things? Yeah, well, I was doing one of those for the church. And years later, and yeah, Melita knows. She's helped me do them. It's so much fun. Actually, Melita helped me on my very last one. Yeah. And it's kind of a pretty busy day. So you have one person serving. Some people have a whole team. I usually have myself and maybe one person. And I was kind of pretty busy cooking. And I heard a voice over at the counter. And I thought, that sounds like so-and-so's voice. I'll keep the name private. And they go, yes, do I know you? I said, yeah, I prayed for you when you are in hospital. You might not recognize me because I had a mask on. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, you prayed for me. Yeah, and, um, because I didn't recognize them because they had their hair grown back. See, so, yeah, God is good. So we don't always hear, we don't always see the results when we pray, but something always happens when we pray. Amen? Okay. And I just want to share one more scripture, and then I'd like to pray for everyone. And that's John seven thirty-seven. Now, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, Is anyone... If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scriptures said, from his inmost belly, or, or sorry, inmost being, will flow rivers of living water. So today, my message to you all is, come to Jesus. He is our source of life. Put your trust in him because his life-giving water is the fountain that will never run dry. Amen? God is good. Okay, I'd just like to share some words of knowledge I have. And I actually have a book about it if you're wondering how the gifts of the Spirit and that work. This is one of the gifts of the Spirit in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12. One of the nine gifts of the Spirit is the word of knowledge. And that just means sometimes I have a feeling that God is going to specifically heal someone of a certain ailment. And the, one, the ones I felt for this morning was um, someone's got a problem with their right arm and it's been going on for a while and um, you just want to come forward uh, after uh, Pastor Pete prays, we're going to just uh, open up the altar. And if you have any prayer need or any need for someone else, we can pray for you. And the second one was um, 
right knee, someone's got a problem with your right knee, but I'm not prejudiced. If it's your left knee, that's cool. Come out, it's fine. But I really believe there's someone you've got a problem with your right knee. And also uh, mid to lower back. I could, I could point it out, but we're on camera, but you, you know what I'm talking about. I, I, first I thought it was your lower back, but it's actually higher up. It's sort of in your mid to lower back and it kind of gets stiff sometimes. That sort of feels creaky. And if you just want to come forward, I believe God's going to heal uh, people today. Not only of these three things here, but uh, whatever it might need. And if you need prayer for someone else too, uh, last week we had a few people come forward for their relatives and that's called standing proxy for someone else. You can just stand in the, that's, stand proxy means stand in the gap for someone. So you can just, if, you, if you'd like to come out and, and we will just um, pray for your relative or yourself or whatever it is. And um, God's going to heal people in this meeting today. Amen. So I'll just hand the meeting back to Pastor Pete now.